Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we look at how the coronavirus situation is affecting football in Africa. There was good news for national associations as FIFA will give $500,000 of financial relief to all of their member associations for operational costs. But it's tough for the clubs, though Cameroon's FA say they will give clubs in the top divisions $2,000 each. It's not much, but they are trying. We are doing our best in the very difficult moment. Uh, And thanks to all our um, sponsors and uh, FIFA and CAF. We couldn't do that without the help of our partners. Also, Ivory Coast legend Didier Drogba's aim of becoming the next Ivory Coast FA president took a knock in a preliminary vote where he had no support at all. But do we need more former players to get involved as administrators or do they lack the skills required? Plus, Stuart continues his series assessing the African players' performances in the English Premier League so far this season. That's coming later, but first, our African football associations have until next Tuesday to tell the Confederation of African Football of their plans, what they intend to do regarding their league seasons, whether they intend to complete the season or call it off. CAF wants to know what the situation is as they're making plans for next season's Champions League and Confederation Cup competitions. Now, Guinea, Angola and Kenya were the first to call off their seasons on Thursday. Guinea and Angola say there'll be no winner and no relegation. In Guinea, Horoya were leaders with a four-point gap after 13 games. They won't be crowned champions. No champion too in Angola, where Petro Atletico were three points ahead of Primero de Agosto, but both will represent the country in the CAF Champions League next season. Now, Kenya have declared Gorma here as their champions after 23 games. There were, though, 11 more rounds of matches left to play. Will there be any objections there, Ida? The objections are many because, Steve, you see, unlike in countries in the West, such as England, it was a particularly competitive Kenyan Premier League season here. So naturally, the clubs are feeling cheated. They had played between 22 and 23 games, you know, depending. And it was still all to play for because you never know. It could be that extra game in hand that could have proven the difference as the season wore on. So this decision hands Gorma here their fourth straight Kenyan Premier League title. But all this, Steve, points to a deeper underlying problem, which has been the never-ending fight between the Football Kenya Federation, which is the FA here, and the Kenyan Premier League because they are separate entities. So the KPL, of course, has come out guns blazing against this decision, saying that it should have been a directive from CAF. So if CAF haven't finished their own inter-club competitions, then who is uh, the Football Kenya Federation really to make such a move? But Bigger questions, because what's the future of the leagues here in Kenya? They were already in a cash crunch prior to all this. Valid claims that majority of these leagues are bloated, so non-competitive. So should it be a situation of, you know, maybe they could be trimmed from, let's say, 18 to 10 teams, make it more competitive, Um, you know, try and look for sponsorship, try and make it marketable and attractive. Those are the bigger questions in mind. However, Steve, you realize that in most, if not all of such situations, it's the player who ends up suffering the most.
Yeah, sure, we'll see what the situation will be in other countries. Here in Zimbabwe, the season hasn't even started. It should have kicked off in March and might not happen at all. Very interesting that FIFA's chief doctor has warned against restarting the interrupted campaigns around the world and has suggested that governing bodies prepare for action in August or September instead. While France, Belgium and the Netherlands have called off their seasons, Spain and Italy are looking to resume next month and Germany this month. The English Premier League were due to discuss their situation on Friday. Now let's look a bit more at how the coronavirus situation is affecting football in Africa financially. Uh, There was good news for national associations as FIFA will give $500,000 of financial relief to all of their member associations, this to cover urgent costs such as salaries and ongoing projects during the coronavirus pandemic. It's an advance payment that was due to be paid later this year through FIFA's forward development programme, though countries would only have got the money if they had fulfilled specific criteria. This money, though, is for football associations rather than the clubs, which are struggling right now. But Cameroon's football associations say they will give clubs in the top two men's divisions and the women's top division $2,000 each. Here's Fekafoot president Seydou Mbombo Njoya. We have decided to help the clubs, but directly the players. That's why we decided to give financial help in this very difficult period. They are not playing, they are professional, they are living on football and it was necessary for us to think and to take steps and to take decisions. We have decided to give this help. We are going to give about $2,000 per club. So now you divide it by 25 players we have. We are looking forward to see how we can have another help which will be more material like uh, sanitary clips, food and things like that. So we are working on it. We have some partners with whom we are going to discuss and set up something. The foundation of Samuel Eto is already doing something on the on his side, so we are trying to see if they can also participate to this uh, material help and found. And then also we are looking forward to see whether we can do something on the regions for the amateurs and amateurs football. We can't stay like this without acting, without doing something on, the, on our own people, our own, own stakeholders. There's nothing more important than public health. Football is nothing. In this situation like that, we have to think about the security and the morale of our stakeholders. We are doing our best in the very difficult moment. And thanks to all our sponsors and FIFA and CAF, we couldn't do that without the help of our partners. In this very difficult moment, solidarity is very important. I think after doing all your best to avoid the pandemic, which is wash your hands and uh, social distance and uh, all these measures that we are taking, masks and everything. The second point is solidarity. Each one should see how we can help the other. We need needs for that, but we are doing our best to to find means to to do that. That's the president of Fekafoot, Cameroon's football association, Seydou Mbombo Enjoya, saying they're going to be given $88,000, that's a $2,000 per club, which translates to around $40 per player. Uh, Not much, but they're hoping to assist in other ways, as we heard, including through the Samuel Eto'o Foundation. 
Elsewhere, we've heard that the Liberia FA say they'll give $4,200 to each club. The Football Association of Malawi has announced a $400,000 relief fund for clubs, reallocating $400,000 that they have from FIFA for projects. Uh, FAs can apply for $2 million for special projects spread over a period of four years. This is normally for infrastructure development and other special projects. Uh, The FA of Malawi has $400,000 for special projects in 2020, which will now be diverted to help clubs. So noble gestures are from these football associations, but uh, very little will trickle down to the players. And in terms of budgets, a rough figure is that a club here in Zimbabwe needs a budget of around $500,000 a season to be well run. And I'm fearing that some clubs are going to fold around Africa. Uh, they're paying players without getting gate taking. Some risk losing their sponsorship deals. So we'll have to hope for the best. Well, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to Ivory Coast legend Didier Drogba and the issue of whether we need more former players in administration. Well, Drogba's aim of becoming the next Ivory Coast FA president took a knock in a preliminary vote after the 14-member Association of Former Footballers didn't give him a single vote last weekend. His opponent, Sori Jabate, who's also the league president, got 11 votes and three people abstained. Uh, The votes from the active Footballers Association, coaches, referees and physios are yet to be cast, so there is still some hope for Drogba. Uh, Remember that during this coronavirus pandemic, he's been actively involved in charity work, including opening a hospital in his hometown of Abidjan. Well, the Chelsea legend was the heavy favourite ahead of the elections, uh, but he's down, but not out. Uh, he might still make it, but uh, either it'll be unthinkable for Drogba to fail to make it as Ivory Coast FA president, wouldn't it, uh, given his vast experience as a player? Or am I forgetting about the issue of football politics here? You forget one thing. The politics of football, Steve, is an entirely different game from the football that's actually played on the pitch. The tactics, the strategy used is totally, totally different. And Drogba, unfortunately for him, learned that firsthand the hard way. Well, uh, people speculated around, you know, some of the reasons behind his zero vote. Envy and resentment by the older generation were basically some of the major reasons that were floated around. Well, to be honest, I can't really comment on that. But what is interesting to note is that even Drogba's own former teammates, I'm talking the likes of Didier Zokora, who played with Drogba for over 10 years, Steve, didn't vote for the Chelsea man. That says something. Now, there are very solid reasons behind that, Steve, and I'll get to it in just a bit. But it's called the art of politicking for a reason, because oftentimes, yes, it might be what you do, but even more so how you do it. And turns out that there's a bunch of things that Drogba did the wrong way. So, for example, he launched his presidential campaign via an interview with a French TV station. Now, naturally, this rubbed the Ivorian people the wrong way because don't forget that some of them, maybe most of them, already feel that Drogba is quite detached from the Ivorian way of life, having left the country at a very, very young age. So this, of course, really didn't go towards building his image and his reputation locally. 
Yeah, indeed. Well, there are only a few former international players that have gone on to become FA presidents in Africa. Uh, talk of Denis Obua in Uganda, Kalusha Bwalia in Zambia, uh, Liodiga Tenga in Tanzania, Walter Nyamilandu in Malawi, and Jean-Michel Mbono in Congo. Uh, we tend to think that if we had former star players running football, that maybe the problems in football in our respective countries would end. But um, maybe that's not the case, Ida. Well, that's normally the hope and it's not entirely misplaced because the thinking behind it is it's a former player who's gone through the issues. They've gone through the game. And so naturally, one would assume is best placed to address those issues. But as we've seen in the past, good footballers don't automatically translate into good administrators. And Steve, just uh, some more complaints lodged against Drogba, basically in line with what we've just touched on. Well, he has been accused of lack of interest, showing absolutely no interest in the domestic league. It's shocking if it's true because he has been accused of actually never having watched a local match. In 2019, at the Africa Cup of Nations, Drogba was in Egypt, didn't attend a single Ivory Coast game, didn't go and see the team in camp. And it really looks like some of these things are coming back to bite him. Let's compare this to Sorry Diabate, you know, might be little known, but he humiliated Drogba in phase one of voting, Steve. Why? First and foremost, Diabate is the head of the domestic league, so he's basically in touch and knows exactly what's going on on the ground. Also, Steve, he has helped a lot of former footballers get jobs within the Football Association and help them get their coaching licenses, get this, for free. So just put yourself in the shoes of this regular person. Would you vote in the former footballer? you know, on account of reputation, on account of a big name, or the proven administrator who has basically guaranteed you a living. Yes, an interesting one. Uh, Drogba, a huge name, of course, but obviously you do need to know your local league and uh, how things are done locally. Uh, thanks a lot, Ida. And uh, Stuart, looking at the situation in Europe, uh, how have former players done in getting to lead national associations and with other posts in football administration? Well, Steve, actually, there are quite a number of uh, associations whose presidents are well-known former players. Uh, probably the best known would be Zbigniew Boniak from Poland, who played in three World Cups for Poland, also played for Juventus and Roma. And he is now the chairman of the Polish Football Association. And another player that you've undoubtedly heard of, uh, Davor Sukar, who played for Croatia when they got to the semi-finals of the World Cup in '98. Uh, also played for Real Madrid and Arsenal. He is the president of the Croatian Football Association. And one which interested me is that the president of the Spanish Football Association is Luis Rubiales. Now, he didn't play for any of the top teams in Spain, but for 12 years he was a pro, you know, in, in some of the lower divisions, and he's now the president of their FA. And if you look at the UEFA Football Committee... There are three or four Eastern European presidents who were well-known players in their own country. Like the president of the Georgia Football Association is Levin Kobajvili. And he got 100 caps for his country and then became a member of parliament before becoming president of the Football Association. And similarly, Borislav Mijelov 
in Bulgaria, 100 caps for Bulgaria as a goalkeeper, and surprisingly also 24 games for Reading in England. He's now the president of the Bulgarian FA. I mean, we could go on listing others, but one which interested me is that Luis Figo, the great Portuguese player who played for Barcelona and Real Madrid and Inter Milan, now, he is on the UEFA Football Committee. He actually stood against Sepp Blatter to be president of FIFA, endorsed by Jose Mourinho and David Beckham, but he was unsuccessful. And in a way, that sort of perhaps is a parallel with Didier Drogba, because you might say that Figo was a great player, but what experience did he have? Michel Platini was one of the greatest players in the history of football, and he was president of UEFA for eight years, from 2007. But then in 2015, he was banned from football for eight years after a FIFA investigation where he had accepted an improper payment of $2 million from FIFA, actually from Sepp Blatter. And Blatter referred to this as a loyal payment, and the investigators called it a disloyal payment. So that was one that didn't end very well. Now, most of the examples I've given refer to, perhaps you might say, the smaller countries in Europe, and no former player has ever been chairman of the English Football Association, but Mark Pallias was CEO for one year, and he played 300 games in the lower leagues in England, and was a qualified accountant who actually combined accountancy with playing football throughout his career. And, you know, I think a major reason why not many top players go on to be top administrators is that they lack the skills and management experience to run a large organisation. In England, most professional players leave school at 16, do not go to university, and have probably never had a job other than football. So perhaps you might say they're not really qualified to take on a senior administrative job, even in the football industry. Yeah, sure, there's obviously more to it than just having been a good player. You need those administrative skills, you need those management skills. Ask for your thoughts on this on social media this week. Do we need more former players in administration in African football? So Didier Drogba-Zamba becoming the next Ivory Coast FA president has taken a knock, and there are relatively few retired legends who are involved in powerful positions in their national football associations in Africa or indeed running clubs. So do we need more former players to get involved as administrators or do they lack the skills required you can go to our facebook page and post a comment that's planet sport football africa or send us a whatsapp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero that's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero well this is planet sport football africa brought to you by passion for sport you can follow us on twitter at planet sport fa and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs too in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, let's go to social media now. And last week we asked a big question. What are you missing most about football? Uh, it's been weeks now with no football in most parts of the world. So we asked, what are you missing most? Is it the experience of going with friends to the stadium, uh, gathering to watch the English Premier League or UEFA Champions League games, uh, just having the football on TV at home or maybe taking part in social matches, even just going out in the street to kick a ball around? What are you longing to do? Well, we've had 
had a great response to this one. We'll start on WhatsApp with Asiku Lawrence in Uganda. And Asiku says, I've dearly missed most aspects of football, especially playing football every evening with friends as part of our daily exercise and training. I do also miss the atmosphere in the local video hall where we get to watch our favourite European teams, plus our local Ugandan Premier League clubs playing. Even the lengthy match analysis and discussions which we gathered as friends to have is no more now due to social distancing and all the guidelines in place. I pray this disease ends soon and we get back to enjoy the beautiful game once again, says Asiku. Yeah, you're summing it up very well there. Uh, Bakari Tamba in the Gambia says, I miss the beautiful game and all parts of it. The most interesting English Premier League, the Champions League, even our domestic league here in the Gambia. Football is part of my life and it's been very boring for weeks now with no football. Gemo is originally from Cameroon and now living in the United States. I miss playing the beautiful game every Saturday morning with my friends and trash talking about our respective clubs, says Gemo. I also miss watching live games and miss the English Premier League fantasy football every week, which made me feel like a manager. Arsenal fan Modu GJ Colley in the Gambia says, For me, I'm missing my new coach, Mikel Arteta, and the entire team. I can't wait to see them in action once again. Another fan who misses watching his team is John in Ghana. As a Manchester United fan, I must say I really miss football, says John. Just when my team started performing really well, that's when this pandemic comes. I hope our winter transfer players Bruno Fernandes and Odion Igalo won't take on too much weight so we can enjoy the beautiful game that they were playing. Another United fan is Tony Correa in the Gambia. I'm really missing those beautiful moments when Old Trafford is full to capacity. The passion, the joy of watching the boys play. Seriously, life without football is so boring, says Tony. Musa Balde is a Gambian student currently studying in Ghana. I'm missing the ambience and dramatic moments that the English Premier League is known for, says Musa. Also miss the commentators Jim Beglin and John Champion and the analysis from the TV pundits. James Wallace Jr. is in Malawi. I really miss all sports, but especially football, says James. Most of the time, even when I'm busy, the feeling that games are coming up and that my team has won that weekend is something else. And when my team wins, it's a boost to my morale for the week ahead, says James. Moses in the Gambia says, Definitely I miss watching the games every week and the debate among the fans regarding their teams. Hamadi Jallo, also in the Gambia, says, I'm missing Messi's dribbling skills and Barcelona's tiki-taka game-controlling football. Obinas in Nigeria, I miss football, the banter and my freedom of movement, says Obina. Modu Pabi Baji in the Gambia is missing the social side of the game. What I miss most, says Modu, is the joy and happiness I used to enjoy together with friends and family at the video club watching football. I'm a fan of Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm missing watching him playing football. Efrathar Kamanga in Malawi is also missing the social side. I miss the mix of Spanish La Liga games in interacting with friends while watching the matches, says Efrathar. In the Gambia, Ronald B. Yanate says, I'm really missing the dramatic end to all the top leagues. I also miss watching the great Champions League. By this time of the season, it's always miraculous, says Ronald. Meanwhile, in Kenya, it isn't only football that Caleb Ogada Samuel is missing. It's surely difficult right now for football and other sports enthusiasts, says Caleb. I also love motorsports, and my favourite is the KCB Rally, which I follow closely in the famous Off-Roaders Challenge. 
I was especially looking forward to this year's off-road challenge at Cheptais here in Kenya, says Caleb. Barang Sane in the Gambia misses following the games on TV and radio. A weekend without watching the English Premier League games or listening to my favourite commentator John Murray on BBC Radio is really hard, says Barang. And Mama Tamba Jang, also in the Gambia, agrees. I'm missing the English Premier League so much, especially the voice of John Champion in the commentary, says Mama. And finally, Patrick Mwamlima in Malawi says, I miss gathering with friends to watch the English Premier League and other leagues, says Patrick. All in all, I miss the humour around football arguments. Well, thanks very much for all of those comments. Uh, Yeah, tough for most of us. I'd love to go to the stadium and watch a match and get to socialise here, but uh, we just have to wait and we are starting to see some signs of easing of restrictions in some countries, uh, mostly outside of Africa. But uh, let's stay strong and keep following the rules and see this virus defeated. So as there's no action in the English Premier League right now, Stuart's taking a look at how the African players have done so far. He gave us his top five. That was Mane, Salah, Aubameyang, Jordan Ayew and Zimbabwe's marvellous Nakamba. This week, Stuart highlights those who he thinks have been disappointing. Yeah, I've come up with eight players who I think have had disappointing seasons. And you may think my assessments are harsh, and you need to keep remembering that... A typical Premier League squad is something like 30 to 35 players, which means that 15 to 20 are not involved in any given match day. So not everyone can play and not everyone can be brilliant. But let's start with Liverpool and Joel Matip. Born in Germany, although Cameroonian by nationality, Joel played for Schalke in Germany for eight seasons before joining Liverpool in 2016. But this season, he's simply not been able to get into the first team, starting only seven league games. But Liverpool have 17 defenders battling for four starting places. And while Joel may have to accept his role as a squad player, he still has the satisfaction of having played 84 times for Liverpool in the Premier League and was also in the team that won the Champions League last season. Things have really not worked out well for his teammate Naby Cater from Guinea. He joined Liverpool at the start of last season. His opportunities have been very limited this season with only four Premier League starts. And while understanding his frustrations, one is reminded of the mantra about not changing a winning team. And my goodness me, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool team have certainly had the winning habit this season. But then again, look at the Liverpool midfield. Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Shakiri, Lalana, Oxlade Chamberlain, James Milner, Naby Cater, and there are really are normally only three slots for that list of players, so it's always going to be hard to get in the starting lineup. Nigerian Isaac's success has really failed to get a start at struggling Watford this season, and that really has been the story of his Premier League career since he joined Watford from Granada in Spain. He's made 54 league appearances for Watford, but 43 of them as a substitute. Gideon Christian Atsu is another player who's never quite managed to establish himself in the Premier League. Having played for Chelsea and Bournemouth, he's now at Newcastle United, but he's only had six starts this season. Uh, Of course, he did pick up a hamstring injury at the AFCON, and that cost him... Uh, some of his season but again if you look at him he's made 106 appearances in the Premier League but half of those off the bench. Another Newcastle player struggling for game time is the Algerian Nabil Bentaleb. 
He's only made three appearances for Newcastle and is currently on loan from Schalke in Germany. You may remember early in his career, he had five years at Tottenham, where again he probably played about half the games. Everton have two African players who've struggled this season, Jean-Philippe Gamin and Ivorian, who joined Everton last summer from Mainz in Germany, but has only had one start and one substitute appearance. And now, we've talked a few times in this programme about Omar Niasse from Senegal. Remember, he scored eight goals for Everton in the 2017-18 season and scored virtually all of them off the bench. And I'm sure I commented at the time how strange it was that a player who could score eight goals for Everton couldn't get a starting place. But things have actually got worse for him since that, because despite getting those eight goals in 2018, he has not started a game since. And this season, his Premier League season, has lasted 22 minutes in three substitute appearances. Yves Basuma from Mali joined Brighton from Lille in 2018. Last season he had 17 starts for the Seagulls, but this year only eight, partly due to injury, and he has reportedly been playing well when he's been in the team. But again, I think he will be disappointed with how the season has gone. Wilfred Saha, Crystal Palace's Ivorian striker, has scored only three goals this season, compared to 10 last season and 48 in his Palace career. I'm sure Palace were hoping for more goals from him. But on the other hand, he does work hard, does tend to occupy defenders and perhaps creates space for Jordan Ayew and others. I'm pretty confident that my assessment is right that all the players I've mentioned will be disappointed with their lack of game time. On the other hand, they have fulfilled their dreams of being signed by a Premier League club and are earning good money. And in a way, it's up to the manager to choose them. And it also just shows that the margin between success and failure is a very thin line. Yes, indeed, you can earn a lot even if you don't get to play much. Thanks, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.